Big Thinking About the Future, from the IF Conference 2011. Jeremy Myerson, Director and Chair of the Helen Hamblin Centre for Design at the Royal College of Art. Yo-yos, seesaws, and other dynamic design challenges of ageing. build on uh, what Sarah Harper talked about this morning about uh, the demographic wave. Um, uh, that's not me, by the way. That's uh, uh, a Levi's ad um, by the photographer Nick Knight. Um, and it, it exemplifies what a lot of uh, companies and brands and uh, governments and uh, local authorities are addressing at the moment. Um, we are seeing uh, a world in which we are aging rapidly, and Sarah talked very uh, uh, in, in great detail about this this morning. We're going to have extended uh, working lives, um, and increasingly, a lot of the goods and services that we're going to produce, uh, a lot of the environments which we're going to experience, are going to be experienced by far greater numbers of older people and shrinking numbers of younger people. Um, just to, uh, uh, just to look at the demographic picture, our, our own demographics are eye-catching. Um, uh, 11.5 million pensioners already, that's a fifth of the UK population. And in 2008, we passed, we passed a milestone. We now have more um, pensioners than we, uh, than we have teenagers. Um, and you can see that what was a population pyramid in 1950 is flattening out. Um, but our ageing uh, population is nothing uh, as compared to Japan, where a quarter of all citizens are now over 65. And Japan has shifted from a country with a young population, average age of 22 in 1950, the average age will be 55 by 2050. And I have a friend who works in the Building Research Institute in Tokyo, and he said to me, if you throw a stone in Japan, it will hit a senior. Um, which is quite a good way of describing... Um, the fact that, uh, um, uh, you know, Japan will have 44% of its population over 60 by 2050, but we won't be far behind. 30% uh, of us will be over 60. Um, so what does all this mean for designers? I, I, I work next door, just the other side of the Albertor at the Royal College of Art. We, we, we educate and train designers in all the disciplines, car makers, furniture makers, architects, fashion designers, and so on. And the challenges uh, of, of, of age are absolutely profound. Um, and, and, and design has traditionally been a young profession uh, um, built around the kind of virtues of style and speed and youth. And there are a lot of misconceptions, and these are some of the things that I would just like to address uh, in my time with you this afternoon. So I want to uh, tackle eight basic challenges, design challenges of aging. Um, I think the first challenge is the one of definition because um, there is a tendency amongst designers to lump all older people, um, and I, I find myself by some mysterious process in that demographic now, um, 
um, you know, all older people are grouped into a box called grey market or silver surfers, and there's a tendency to treat older people as a, as a homogenous group. But actually, you know, people in their early 60s are very different from people in their late 80s, and older people are as diverse and as complex a population sector as, as young people. Um, and, and our own research has shown that uh, one of our researchers came up with a concept called yo-yo, young old, young old, in which she defined older people as going back and forth along a spectrum of, of choices, making young decisions one day, old decisions the next. You know, they might buy a kind of sporty car and then the next car they buy is a very sensible, energy-saving one and so on and so forth. And this idea of switching modes is, 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 and, and being multimodal is quite an interesting one. Um, and she also talked about um, uh, uh, older people being seesaws. Uh, they've seen a lot, but they will continue to, to, to see a lot in the future. And, and this, this kind of being on the fault line between the past and the future um, is, is a very interesting way of looking at definition of older people. Um, there's also uh, uh, the second challenge is, is another big misconception. You see it in these images, in these Getty images of older people looking very happy in golfing jumpers and, and all of that. Um, and, and transitions in later life are regarded as generally a kind of smooth uh, fade to grey. And, uh, um, but our own research indicates the opposite, that um, uh, disruption, displacement, dependency, uh, much more typically associated with younger people, they're also a feature of later life when you consider cliff's edge retirement, uh, moving house from a family home to a small apartment, loss of a partner or a spouse, or sudden dependency where you fall and break a hip, which happens to a lot of older people, uh, or you have a stroke. Um, and, and it's this idea of, of old age being every bit as, as, as disruptive as late adolescence is something that is not, has not been properly appreciated and, and I think will change in the future. Um, the challenge of new technology, a lot of people have talked about this. You know, there are 40 million people in the UK who are termed digitally excluded. And the majority of these are, are older people who never experienced a computer in their workplace and, and so on. Um, it's also to do with mental models of older people. Those of us who've grown up in a pre-digital analog era will have a different mental model of doing things, uh, often described as, as, as one action one effect. So, you know, press a light switch, the light comes on, turn on the wireless, um, the sound comes on, you know, continue to turn the dial and the volume goes up. Um, this is a bit different from um, select, click, scroll down, select, double click, scroll down, double click, click, action. That's a bit different. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of issues around how, uh, how older people uh, um, access new technology. And a lot of our own work has indicated that if you use very well-known archetypes, um, you, will, you, will, uh, um, you will have a lot more success, that you create mental models that people can relate to that are much more intuitive than the kind of interfaces that we have traditionally had. Um, and, you know, the, the mobile phone companies and providers are absolutely kind of getting very worried about the fact that their market is saturated. Older people buy lots of uh, mobile and smartphones, but then don't use them. Um, this is some work with Nokia around, around putting the phone 
on a device which turns all the information into a chalkboard uh, interface. And this is, this is some work that we've done uh, with Samsung uh, about the setup of the phone. A lot of people don't even get to get the SIM card and the battery in. Um, and this is a book, this is a storybook, which has the phone inside it. And you turn the pages and you read the book. And it says, you know, this is your SIM card, take it out, now put it in there, and so on and so forth. And the book does not release the phone to you till it's properly in and charged. And um, uh, um, uh, uh, Samsung are now actually uh, um, developing this, and they're looking at this in terms of digital, uh, 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 digital camcorders as well, because they're very difficult to set up. So this idea of using uh, traditional archetypes. Um, the fourth challenge is one of cognitive decline, because we tend to think of, of addressing the problems of aging around physical and sensory impairment. There's been a huge amount of work in that area. But one consequence of living longer, and I'm sure uh, you will have got this from Sarah's talk, is that minds, uh, you know, you live so long that your mind packs in before your body, and cognitive decline is now a major uh, issue uh, for designers. There are 750,000 people in the UK uh, with dementia, um, and 70% uh, of all care home residents uh, are, are, you know, you know, are people who uh, exhibit significant confusion, and two-thirds of, of all residential uh, um, care beds are taken up by people who, who have got you know, Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. Um, and um, so there's quite a lot of, of work going on, uh, both, both uh, you know, in, in my own research center and lots of others around the country and internationally. There's a big national challenge at the moment. Um, we are going to see a lot more, again, going back to archetypes. Um, we did a lot of work in one, in one care home provider um, looking at creating uh, uh, meal settings with, with red check, um, you know, red, red check um, tablecloths and better lighting to, to create the anticipation and, 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 and to kind of recover the memory of a meal. And we've also done work around, uh, um, a lot of work around tableware and drinking and eating vessels um, um, because a lot of people get very upset when they go and see their elderly residents uh, in care homes being given uh, bright red beakers uh, as though they were children. Um, so this is using proper ceramic beakers. And, and there's a lot of work going on in this area. And I think the challenge of cognitive decline will be huge, as will be the challenge of public space. Public space has always been hotly contested around disability and aging. It's one of the key factors of inclusive design. Um, and I think we're going to see major changes over the next 20, 30 years um, to our streets. And, and, and a whole kind of filigree layer of, of digital information. Um, those of you who walked up today uh, up, up Exhibition Road and have seen all the changes on Exhibition Road, um, uh, um, if you walk from South Ken uh, Tube up Exhibition Road here, you will have seen something called shared space. And this is really where you remove all the kind of markers of the street you get rid of the, the curbs and the barriers and the rails, and it's a bit like a supermarket car park where nobody has right of way, and the cars and the people and the pedestrians and the buggies and the cyclists all kind of negotiate with each other. Well, that's absolutely fine if you can look at people and you've got reasonable sight. Um, uh, Guide Dogs for the Blind, one of the sight, sight loss charities, has taken uh, um, Kensington and Chelsea uh, council to court, to the high court, over shared space because it's problematic. 
um, for people uh, who, are, who are using long canes, who've got guide dogs, who are, who are using other types of senses. Um, and we've done a lot of research in this area. So you can see the guy on the left, Ross, um, how is he negotiating? Well, he's, nego he's, he's hearing things. He's mainly using sight, a bit of memory in a map. So this is from, from one centimeter to one kilometer of how he negotiates the street. Um, but uh, Dick is, is an older guy. He's short-sighted. He uses a long cane. He's relying on the railings, the curb line, the tactile paving, the building line, um, and a lot of memory. Remove the railings, the curb line, and the tactile paving. He's in trouble. He's going to be in trouble on... Um, on Exhibition Road. And, you know, there's all kinds of other, other, other challenges of the public realm, uh, the closure of, of public toilets and, 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 and so on and so forth, that, uh, that, you know, all facilities that older people, and we will, and, you know, we are the next generation of older people, we will want uh, public facilities, and, uh, you know, a lot of things are going in the opposite direction. The challenge of, uh, uh, of economic independence People talk about independent living for older people, and they often think about that without economic independence. We are not going to be able to retire. There's a pensions black hole, um, uh, uh, and, and it's problematic for younger people because, you know, already, if you look at our labor market in Britain, a lot of people who would have retired can't retire. They're, they're, they're blocking up uh, the, the labor force. People can't get in at the bottom. We know we have a million young unemployed. But the fact is that more older people are going to be around longer in the workplace. And we have to think about how we manage an aging population, how we are all going to work longer. Do we want to work in the, in the kind of offices and, and the workplaces we have now, which are very, very, very tiring? Um, and we need to think about places where we can concentrate, collaborate, and, and, and I'm very interested in the whole notion of contemplation at work, the idea of being able to sustain yourself and recover and recuperate during the working day. What does that, what does that physical environment uh, kind of feel like? Um, the challenge of hospital care is another big one um, um, because, because older people uh, uh, make extensive use of hospitals. They, stay in, they tend to stay... In, you know, their recovery times in hospital tend to be uh, uh, longer than younger group. And um, if you read the Stafford report, and I read it in great detail because we have uh, a healthcare group at the RCA, um, you will see uh, the scandalous treatment of, of older people. Um, and the issue is, of course, is that, um, uh, you know, we need to uh, uh, find new ways of keeping older people uh, away from the primary care centers and do more distributed uh, health care and care in the community. And one of the ways to do that is to kind of rethink the ambulance. The ambulance has, has, has actually been unchanged since the Crimean, Crimean War. You swoop, you scoop, and then you bring people back to hospital where lots and lots of older people having routine treatments are clogging up the whole system. Um, could we not have a new ambulance, and this is what we're working on, uh, that is lighter, that is better, that has modular treatment packs, 360-degree access to the patient, and is actually a travelling treatment room in which you can actually do stuff to people on the spot in their communities using a digital interface so that you can get their electric records up on the screen, and you can actually uh, deal with people in their own communities without travelling back and clogging up the hospital interior. Final challenge um, is the challenge of the unprecedented we are in unknown territory. Um, we are witnessing, as Sarah said, you know, the greatest change to the age balance 
in the world's population since the end of infant mortality in the early 19th century. Um, and uh, the design implications are huge. Um, and just to take one example, one of the largest rises in sexually transmitted diseases is now the over 50s, and yet all our um, public health information about sexual health is aimed at young people. Uh, in the UK, one in 12 uh, of people diagnosed with HIV is already over 50, and we've been working uh, with a Fulbright scholar on, um, on a sexual health campaign which, is, which has just been rolled out. And uh, so I think I leave you with um, uh, my eight challenges of aging uh, with the thought that age is not a condom. Thank you very much. Thank you. For more big thinking about the future, go to iq2if.com.